Welcome to Bleed TV, the podcast of best shows on TV, and I'm Zach. And I'm Jake. And tonight is the epic Walking Dead. Um, there's no doubt here this is my favorite show of all time. Maybe not the brothers, but um, I'm super excited, uh, and we are really looking forward to talking about it, because I thought last night was truly, truly one of the best season openers there is. Uh, before we get into the opinions, I'll go ahead and say the usual. Uh, this was episode 601. Um, this is uh, First Time Again was the title. Uh, the director was Greg Nicotero. And who was the writers, bro? I know Gimple was one of them. Who's yeah, the we other? had Gimple and Matthew Negrette. Yeah, and those two guys. Um, well, I kind of spilled the beans in my opinion. What would you think? Jeez, oh, now that the fanboy's <laughs> over with. Um no, I really, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really well done. I enjoyed the black and white versus color flashback, flash forward mm-hmm. kind of mix up. Um, it, I will say, it dragged a little bit in some parts, but nothing that like took me out of it and made me bored or anything. I got you. Yeah, um, I'll just go ahead and say the first five or ten minutes, which was just phenomenal is what just hook line and sinker for the entire episode uh his opening monologue you know this is an insane plan but we live in an insane world and i mean it's just uh, i was soaking it up like a dry sponge okay i put this in my notes with the because you're talking about the very beginning when all you hear is the talking and the screen is black i freaked out i thought my screen had gone out (laughs) <laughs> and something was wrong because it didn't make any sense. Right, right. Uh, and it kept like kind of flashing a little bit. So I was like, oh, no, not uh, now. Catch you know? <laughs> yeah. So, and he listened. But then the thing is, they go to black and white. I, and I was this. like, this is very Tarantino. You know what I mean? How many times have we seen, you think about Kill Bill and, um, you know, Pulp Django, Fiction, Jane, all these Reservoir, things. all of them. Yeah. All of them have these wonderful black and white flashback stuff. I was really. I thought maybe the whole episode was black and white, like we were going to a really cool relation to the comic book, and which I really do love because you know the comic book is just black and white, and I love it for it. And I thought maybe they were going to try to do a little bit of that. Of course, it was just flashback, but I thought it was awesome. Yeah, I, I was a little nervous because, like I said, first I thought my screen had gone out, yeah. and then it was all black and white, and I was like, oh shit, did my color go out? <laughs> you know, I thought my TV was messing up, which is too new for that. So. Uh, Needless to say, pleased to see that I was mistaken. But this opening, God, it was just, it was great. I mean, his speech, the Corey, all these uh, walkers and everything was awesome. And then I'll even give kudos to the music that was going on. It was just adding to the intensity, uh, the desperation, and, you know, just everything about it was just a really, really rock solid opening, no pun intended, with the Corey. Yeah, no, I really appreciated the herd finally showing up. Right. You know, I like seeing that. Um, at first I was a little confused about like how all of them got there until we got the little explanation later about there being a little community in there that ended up killing each other. Um, well that, and the, it creating its own sound and attracting more and more. And right. Uh, trapped in there, you know, that brings a curious question about that quarry and those trucks being like they were, who put those trucks like that? How were they done that way? You know, because Rick and them made it sound like it wasn't them. That was all there ahead no. of that. If you, if you listen later, he asks Heath 
the new character, right, um, about that spot. And he said there was a group of about 12 people that were in that quarry that had backed those trucks up like that. And that, that quarry had some turners end up killing everybody. Right. Okay. And that's what started it. And gotcha. then as they all fall in there like a bowl, creating like a megaphone effect, making it so noisy in there. Right. Right. You know, which is a really cool effect seeing them fall and slide down into the yeah, quarry and the stuff. The attention to detail there was really, really good. Yeah, it I was really well enjoyed done. That. Well done. Um, how about the truck falling off the cliff? Why, well, you know, because we're in the opening monologue here. I'm yeah. the special effects there. Not too shabby. I think when the truck was coming off the wall, you could tell the CG. A little when sketchy. It landed in the dust cloud and all that stuff popped up. That looked legit. You know, it was almost like they spliced two things together and a truck hitting the ground looked with something real, but the one that's falling was not so much. Yeah, I wouldn't have mind to zoom in a little bit to see the trailer and stuff landing on a pile of zombies. Yeah, that would have been kind of cool. That would have been pretty sweet. But, um,. But you know what? I mean, for a show like this, it was awesome. You know, that, that's pretty well done. Pretty well done. How about the new credits? You notice the new credits, the new visuals? They yeah, were shorter, but they were awesome. Yeah, I feel like they're being a little more like attached to each character. You know, when a name pops up, it's like, oh, okay, well that's him, and that's him. Oh yeah, like the and knife with Carol and the right. angel wings with Daryl and those kind of things. Right, and the stopwatch and stuff for. Um, Glenn and stuff, you know, but I like to see Lenny James. It's nice to know he's going to be there. Yes, you know, series what a regular, wonderful addition. And I mean. uh, and he just picked up right where he left off. Yeah, carried Absolutely. on. Still, I think him and Rick are the only ones on the show that could probably carry the show. Right. Well, you know, when the show opened up, you know, they were talking about they were doing the dry run, and then it became real and the whole nine yards. And then later on in the episode, we figured out what the plan was was is to basically you know, attract them and make them trail this entire horde out of town 20 miles north. What did you think about this plan? What were your thoughts? I thought the plan was pretty cool. Um, I like the way they set it up. Um, and I'll put this in my notes. I'm a little, I'm a little sketchy on the fact that they were going to ride 20 more miles at that speed. Yeah, because we're going every bit of five not Maybe even eight miles an hour. Not even. I'd say I mean, a two. Sibling zombie is not going fast at all. Daryl is barely keeping his feet up on the bike. He's kind of just kicking it along. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. You know, did it? Well, before I bring this up. Did it seem like the walkers were faster this episode? I got that vibe of several times. They were moving quicker. They have a lean to them. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like they're not stumbling necessarily or falling, but it's like their momentum is pulling them forward. So they, they kind of just like, not speed walking, but you know, like like the, like before you would fall, you would make make that, you know, kind of just. Yeah, I got you. I, like I know what a you drunk mean. person. Right, 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 right. But it's I like agree. you're I constantly catching thing. yourself. I thought the same thing. I thought yeah. like they were a little faster. Yeah. Well, I thought the plan was solid. Um, uh, one of the gripes I had was is that these little walls they were building on the roads. You know, where they had that cool scene of them zombies smacking into them like that. They seemed kind of flimsy to me, you know. They seemed, I don't know, it just, I guess kind of that vibe about them. But, I mean, of course, it worked for the shot. And I think you needed it to have it where it was flimsy to have the wall shaking and moving like it did have that amount of weight and everything. Okay, but 
who told them how to put the pylons on the right side of the wall? Exactly. Yeah. You know I mean, what I'm saying? That's right. It's kind of backwards compared to the back to Alexandria. And of course, this is to the cold rolled steel good of point. Alexandria. I completely missed that. You know, completely they missed that. Like they got it right for the little thin tin wall. Yeah. But they got it terribly wrong for the main wall. For the main wall. So a little off that. And I'm a little off on the fact that the zombies' heads were just bursting from walking into the wall. I thought that was a little chintzy. Um, yeah. I liked it from a distance where it just showed like some pops and you see some blood spray. But when they but got closer, it was, close like, up, it was like somebody like slung him into the wall. Yeah. I would have rather it had been somewhere falling and getting trampled. Right. That would have been more plausible to me. Yeah. Like but the ones cluster, that, a cluster that, gets, that trembles over itself right into the wall. The ones barely banging in the wall and their heads bursting. I mean, I realize these are some ripe ones, but. That's a bit much. Here's the other thing I was thinking about. You know, Rick was right behind that wall shooting that flare gun. Wouldn't the sound of the flare gun be more attracting than that thing straight up in the air when they were shooting it? Did that? You know what I'm saying? Like the ones that were closest to Rick when he was shooting it, I thought they'd be attacking the wall. And the ones that were in a distance that saw the flame, you know, of the flare would be going towards that. Instead, it's like they were like, oh, my head all turned and look up towards the flare. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I got to be honest. That? I don't think the flares were necessary at all. Yeah, I, didn't I think they were doing all. just fine the way they were going. I think it would have been better off if just somebody was walking through, just firing a gun every once in a while to make sure they stayed on track. The flares, other than to alert your other people, yeah, like okay, they've yeah, reached. That was one of my gripes. I'm just like the flares just didn't seem like it. It didn't. It didn't look right to me. Right. I don't know if you were f- way far away. You shoot flares to attract things towards you. They were in the middle of the herd shooting flares forward. I don't know. It just... Well, the only thing I can think of is, like I said, they weren't for the zombies. That they were for alerting other people in the group that were in the, in the yeah, process. Yeah, they were shooting them like a 21-gun salute. Exactly. They were shooting like six or seven of them. Like, so that didn't fly. Yeah. So I would have liked to have seen them just maybe fire one or two to let... You know, Glenn's group know. Okay, they're at checkpoint three. You know that that made that would make total sense to me. Yeah, but yeah, the fact that they were firing as distraction, not not. Okay, while well, we're talking that. about this little gripe part right here, my wife and I were watching this, and I mean, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. And she said it before I did. They got helium for the balloons out here in the apocalypse. Did you notice the balloons? I did. And I was like, really? And I'm really not sure why they were there either. I hadn't figured that out. I mean, like I said, checkpoints were marked with like signage and walls and and cars parked on the sides of the road. Didn't need the balloons to tell you. My wife's like, they got helium there? Of all the things they saved, they saved helium? I was like, (laughs) I was thinking the exact same thing. I mean, really? And what do you need? I mean... They were talking about color of the balloons and all that. So I was like, what? Eh, I don't guess it would be too <laughs> it difficult It was a to minor find. thing, you know. Like I said, all my gripes are just mini, mini, just tiny little things, you know. And yeah. so, um, I think they I, overthought that one. Yeah, exactly. I think it's an overthought. And, and yeah. so I'll, I'll give it that. What I'll tell you, what I really, really enjoy, and this is not something I typically ooh and goo over, is the dialogue in this episode between characters was great 
you know, Rick and Morgan going back and forth and the things going on with that. We got a, we got a little explanation about how he became Donatello. You know, it was vague, but he talked about he, you know, he met somebody after and brought him back and taught him some different things. I want to know more about this person. Yeah, that was a little too vague. Yeah, but at least it gives you something. They didn't just leave it completely cold. Um, and his other stuff, you know, like, you know, this is the Rick I know. That's the Morgan I know. Those kind of things. That's what that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, even my boy Eugene throwing out cuss words. Just completely blew me away right there. <laughs> you know? Eugene's dialogue. They must have a ton of fun just writing oh for him. Oh, my gosh. Yes. But you know he didn't. It didn't bother me that much. It really didn't. I mean, he opens the door and he's like, "Shit!" And I was like, "What? Did, did they just cuss on Walking Dead?" I was like, "What?" And then he, you know, the whole walks up and the creepy stare at Tara and all that. But then later on, and I mean, they, he does it. That guy does a really good job of looking like a douche, you know. Um, oh, when you meet Heath. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's like I, digging I the respect hair. The, I respect the hair game. Yeah, you know whatever game. he says. I was, I was <laughs> like. Where's the hashtag a hair game, you know? Yeah, I just, I think he's very good at making the scene and the people in the scene feel awkward. Yes. Um, I really enjoy him on the screen. The one the gripe I'll have about him, though, and it's not his fault, it's more the writer's fault, I felt when he got Tara out of that building and was shooting kneecapping zombies and on his way out, that we were going to have a different turn for Eugene. So... When he's overhearing the little group meeting and Carter's trying to tell him about yeah. shit, and he looks like he wets his pants. Yeah, yeah, I hated to see him be so clumsy and and just terrified. Yeah, like I'd like to have seen him take charge or just get out of there and go tell. Yeah, or friends. get out of there or walk around the corner going, "Really? This that's what you think? You know, no, no, like have a little more of a pair instead of that." You know, it looks like everybody's allowed to have guns at that point. I would have loved to seen him pull a gun and like. You just you're stand have right to shoot here. Shoot me if you're going to have to shoot Rick. You know, yeah. you just stand right here until I get, you know, my friends over here. Right. And you know, we'll talk about this. You know, I just like I, I hate to see him fall back into yeah, they're bumbling. continuing looking like a chump. Yeah. Yeah, because I want to. I like him as a character. I like the fact that he's so out there, and he gives you just a different feel every time he's on the screen. But I don't want to see him resort back to the bumbling idiot. No. No. Um, another one of the dialogues I liked, how about my boy Abraham, you know, um, grab the bull by his nutsack, you know, and all these things. (laughs) Yeah. I I like Abraham a lot too, but I did not like his dialogue in the car talking about the brains are still on him and and his, uh, his face looked like Pompeii. Yeah. His face blowing up like Pompeii. I'm just like, that seemed a bit out of character. Well, it, it was... I thought about it for a long time. I think he was trying to incite a reaction from her because he's not confident she's competent to continue doing what she's doing. I don't know, man. That's not how it played for me. He looked like he was kind of almost half in the bag and like just cutting up because he got out of the car running around with foil, you know, and uh, scaring the walkers back onto the path. (laughs) And he was getting a kick out of it, talking about living. You mm-hmm. know, I think he's not think going he's on crazy, the edge? but just... He's on the edge? Yeah, I think he's doing exactly what she did last season. Right. Like, taking it so far, you know what I mean? Well, to, that's why it goes back to my point. You think he's doing that to see if she would join in and to think she's still crazy? 
and it's just his weird mental manipulation or whatever you want to say. I don't give him that much credit. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you that. He's a brawny dude, but yeah. I won't give him the, now, the brainy. One thing, that, one thing that did make me laugh a lot is, how about my boy Gabriel? He got no love this entire episode. <laughs> I'd like, like to I'll help. help. No. Next. Anybody else? <laughs> Anybody else? <laughs> but see, I like that. Yeah. I, mean, I like that they're not just immediately forgiving him. Oh, you no. Know, and you juxtapose that against Glenn... Uh, bringing Nicholas back into the fold, you know, not killing him. And Do you agree with that? I think Glenn has become the new moral, like, center of the group. So uh, if it was dead, if it was anyone else, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think so. No, you know, I just anybody who has a moral compass in this show doesn't last long. Oh no, I know. I I hate I think one of those three for keeping that secret is gonna end up biting him in the butt. You know, it's just it's just like fear of the walking dead, you know, you do a good deed and you don't take care of something like you should and in a survival world it comes back and bites you. You know, just like when Daniel they let Andy or Andrew come back and he shoots Ophelia. You know, I mean No, no crossing streams. It's a totally different show. Oh, I know it's a different show, but I mean <laughs> We're same producers or writing pool and everything else. I mean, I hope we don't have a repeat of, you know, letting old Nicholas, Nicky, whatever you want to call him, you know, worthless D-bag um, come back into the fold and it ends up with losing a main character because of it. I don't want to see that again. You know what I mean? We've been doing down, we've been down that road where we give somebody a chance and it costs a personal life. You know what I mean? Yeah, and plus, Nicholas has already cost Noah's life and some other people, so I'm beyond that part with him. You know, I'd rather to see some good character moments now. Right. Not keep fishing from the same barrel. Absolutely. Um, The last dialogue I can really think about that I I thought it was kind of offhand but necessary was when Morgan and Carol were talking. And Morgan kind of exposed the whole... Um, I noticed where are you a cop or you're you're observing you, you you look like somebody who's ready you know yeah and she had that routine on of uh you know I cook cookies and serve milk to everybody How routine sweet yeah yeah uh she had that routine going I mean Melissa McBride is I'll go ahead and say it. I think she's a top actress actor on the show I think I consistently bar none she is impeccable yeah, I mean, she never lets me down. I wish, I wish we would have seen more of her in this episode. Yeah, she was kind of thin, but I think this next episode is her shining because there's a, only a couple of the group that are in the area. So uh, I think we're going to get to see her in action. I look forward to it. Yeah, I think so too. Um, the one one last thing I, I didn't like dialogue wise is my la- kind of my last gripe is the, the Rick and Jesse thing. It just didn't work for me. You know, I, don't get me wrong. You just greased Jesse's husband, you know. And, you know, in the whole scenario, you walking in, you're getting flares, I want to talk about it, that kind of stuff. I don't know. It just, I don't know how you could even make that right, but it just didn't feel right. Well, Rick's being a little pushy in the episode. He's like trying way too hard with her son, with Jesse. He's grabbing a gun, like, I'll teach you. I can teach you how to protect yourself. You know, I'll keep you safe and stuff like that. It's like too soon 
You know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't get me wrong. I think there is a state of urgency right now, considering everything, the plan, and everything that's going on. But you do have a point. I think maybe it is a touch. I just killed your husband. Let me help you. You know? Right. It's that's what I'm saying. Too soon. Yeah. It's like he he's being smothering. You know what I'm saying? Right. He's like a um, clinger. Oh God! Stage level five, five clinger. Level five cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I feel you. I think you're. I think you're right there. Um, you know, you got to give somebody space and time, and let them come to you. And you know, of course, you got to do the right thing. Of sorry, you know, in your own unique way. I mean, I don't know how you apologize to somebody that was beating you, and was a town drunk, just killed someone, and you executed him for it. I mean, there's not a lot to apologize about, but. You know, it still is, was that person's husband. And I'll just throw this little tidbit in there. <clears throat> I am glad to see future Rick without the Band-Aids. <laughs> it is really distracting. <laughs> I don't like it. Well, I will tell you, the Band-Aids are an epic part of the comic book. I know. I've and seen is, the pictures. And I'm I, I'm happy. It just tells me more and more that they are actually trying to stay true to the comic. As ridiculous as they look, it is on the money for what the comic books. I mean, exactly where they are, how many of them are, them being all white. Yeah, I mean, it's it looks like he took buck, you know, not buckshot, but birdshot to the face, and they put bandages all over it. Yeah, you know? I, where is, is Cheney out there with a gun? I mean, come on. Where it worked for me, and I absolutely loved it was Marv in Sin City. Yes. I mean, just phenomenal. Use of negative space and stuff like that. yeah, but that that was more about the visual effect of that black, white... I understand that. But it didn't distract me. It added it to it. I agree. But Rick's... I don't know what it is. I don't know if it just makes him look... It's realism with, you know, 100 Band-Aids on your face. I just... I don't (laughs) know if it just... Anybody who has 100 Band-Aids... It looks like you let some kid have fun with the the Band-Aid package. Yeah, I, I think his daughter got a hold of him and yeah. was just like playing hey, doctor. Yeah, you look so cute now. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, it just makes him look super crazy, you know. Yeah. And I'm I've had my fill of crazy. Rick. Well, I don't think we'll have it anymore. But uh, like I said, I it, liked it. I thought it, I thought it was a great relation to. It the comic. looks like from here on out, it'll be strictly two to three band-aids instead of 16 <laughs> band-aids so like i said that's that's super nitpicky but for some reason it was really distracting yeah, yeah like my eyes you. just were drawn to it constantly i know it i know it it didn't bother me so i hear you i hey, i don't mind i they went through glass and i'll be honest my son uh had an accident where a mirror fell on him the other day and i was amazed how much he was cut just by falling glass so it's completely realistic that he had a lot of cuts on him after being, you know, thrown right. through a window. Yeah. So. Yeah. So my boy Rick says, no hole for a killer. And then Morgan goes, well, we're killers, you know, and then we close the trunk, you know. Let's break this down. Do you agree with the decision to not bury Pete in the community? I don't think it would have made a difference. I think you know, it's a little too much effort to have to go outside the walls with a body and bury it. If anything, light it on fire or something or bury it. Who cares? You got a guy there with a shovel ready to bury him. Just bury him. Yeah. I I didn't see the point. I mean... I know why they did it in the show. To cause, you know, some 
you know, get some good dialogue with Morgan and Rick to keep getting them reacquainted with each other. And then it was just the whole thing with his, with Pete's son. Yeah, Ron. You know, having to and come the, out and yeah. find it, which created a little bit of drama and stuff with him running from some walkers and getting saved. How about, yeah, how about the save? How about the, you know... Oh, the nice form tackle? The form tackle, you <laughs> know. Uh, I think the 49ers are recruiting, you know. Uh, no, my Dolphins could use him right about now. Oh. Um, yeah, I, I don't need Ron. Yeah. It makes sense, uh, you know, kind of an angsty teen that just... Another one. Just lost his dad, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, and kind of... Well, I mean, the boy wants to know where his dad's going to be buried. I get all that. I don't know. I think the whole no hole for, no hole for a killer was a way to set up getting uh, back to the quarry again. You know, as a way to find the quarry. You know, because I mean, realistically, that's how they found it is because they're buried and peaked. Right. Um, the the whole scenario of him form tackling him, uh, and then you know the walkers. This was the this was the spot I was like these are the fast walkers. Homegirl was hustling. Yeah, they were, they were. And, you know, and then because you would have to have that much speed for them to just go off the cliff like they were. Well, you know? that and having Donatello bash you in the back a couple times in the chin, <laughs> yeah. you know, give you a little momentum off the yeah. edge. Um, yeah, it's whew. and then of course if you notice Rick's Rick's sidearm is Colt, you know, Anaconda. When he shoots people in the face, it's there is no little pinhole. No. There is not a. It's, it's a not nice even a shot glass hole. <laughs> it's like a crater in the face. And I feel like they've gotten better with the CG gun blasts, like you know bullet holes and blood splatter. But sometimes they're just really shaky. Sometimes yeah. I see it and I'm like, oh, please just make that, you know, a practical effect next time. Yeah, I'd rather. Less blood and less gore, but make it practical than this just utter ridiculous CG blood spatter. Yes. I, I know the, there was a couple scenes like that. It was yes. just so over the top. They panned across one. It was just a body laying on the ground, and it had a big pool of blood like on its leg. When the camera was panning by, the blood was like twitching. Yeah. You could tell it was layered on. I'm like, Oh no, that's this is that's a wasted opportunity to do a real practical effect. Yeah, to give it and, a better look and edit it out. Yeah, you saw it. You had to see it. So I edit there. that off. It's just like when the heads were bursting on the tin walls. That was totally CG from a distance until they got up close, and you know you see some goo. Yeah, and when you actually that's the, that's the different effect is it when you turn something to practical and it misfires. Because it looks like you have to slam that head against the wall yeah. to have this, you know. <laughs> I mean, you had to some serious force throw yes. a watermelon at the thing. And the thing of us too is when the heads were bursting from a distance, it was like it was banging on that tin thing. Yeah, like the, like they were just bashing their head into it on purpose. <laughs> I just for the, all the good details that Nicotero puts into these zombies and his effects, the CG part still hit or miss yeah you can definitely tell the scenes where they take the extra time and detail and you can definitely tell the parts where okay it's at a distance we can rush through this you know like you said the head's hitting the wall rick's shooting a, a zombie from 10 15 feet away and his face just disappears you know from the crater that it creates yeah um i'm all for 
gore and violence and blood. Oh, I'll absolutely. absolutely love it. But I have a ton of respect for Nicotero, and I know what he's capable of. Right. And I like to see him shine. I'll give you a good example. I just thought about it in the episode. Remember when Glenn shoots the glass out at the farm place and they're coming out and, you know, they start shooting headshots, all practical effects. There was some CG for the, like the blood splatter behind, but you can just see that the detail was so much different there. It was an up close, intense scene, you know, almost hand to hand. And then you compare that to Rick shooting somebody and you compare it to the other stuff. That's that's the difference. When you have all these different elements, consistency is key. Right. And so that's that'd be the one part I would say. Yeah, there's the the proof in the pudding, you know. And okay, can we talk about that scene for a minute? Actually, sure. The tractor scene. Okay. He wants Nicholas to stay back because he's not ready. Heath, who has been on a run for a couple weeks now, who is obviously a supply getter, you know. Obviously has to know how to kill zombies. Has to be able to handle himself. Can handle himself well. Boy, his feet were stuck in concrete. Yes, they Just were. Just stood there waiting oh for them zombies God. to grab him. And then how do you let him get hand to hand? You don't let him touch you. I mean, you can... I you mean, Glenn's look, taking steady step backs, pow. Steady step back, pow. tractors. Run to the other side of the tractor. And yeah. then run around. And then you just shoot him in the back of the head if you want to. I mean, there's so many options. Yes. A single... With two guys with guns, it's going to take at least 10 walkers to be a threat to me. I'm with you. Because you can move back steps-wise as fast as they can move forward. So it's basically just bang, step, bang, step, bang. I mean... Glenn had time to fully put a new mag in. Yeah. Cock it back. Before one gets to him. Right. Even Glenn was still standing still too much for me. I agree. Move. You've been in here too long to make these silly mistakes. This is the stuff that I like. I don't know who to blame. Like, is this the writers? It has to be, right? They had a really cool set piece. They had this tractor store, right? I I love the setup, too. They're like, open the door and let two in and out. Right. Which, by the way, was complete crap. You wouldn't be able to close them doors no. once two got through. It would just be a steady funnel, and then Nicholas would be bait. They've already tried that before with letting a couple out and shutting the door. You end up, one of them gets its arm, and, and yeah. it, it pushes I mean, through. But I like the set piece, but I like the fact that the characters have been around long enough and know how to handle themselves. Hell, it was a few seasons ago, season three. Where you see Rick's team, they're just going through like a tactical team. Oh, yeah. Blazing. Yeah, they're like seals. Yeah. You know, clearing rooms. Doesn't matter how many there are. To tell you the truth, I didn't think they needed the guns to kill these walkers. Yeah, I'm with you. Now, you look at it, both of them were carrying what looked to be, I know Glenn was carrying a 45. That's at least eight rounds. So. I know there was one or two he shot twice, so there's six of them. I think they were both carrying like a Beretta-type gun. Well, I know Glenn was carrying a 1911. I own a 1911. Right. And that's exactly what it looked like. That's like it's eight-round ACP, 45. It's a great one. My favorite, my favorite hand, handgun. Um, that's eight rounds. He, you got a guaranteed six walkers down. And they were talking like there's 10 or 12 in there. I mean, Heath looked like he had a 9 millimeter. should have about... 10, 15 rounds. 12 minimum. Yeah, I'm just like, it, 
it showed a lot, you know, like, I don't know. It should never even got to that situation. Like you said, there was, but it's just a small detail of things that if I was in those shoes and you and I are standing right there, exactly. Use your surroundings to your advantage. Just you don't have to kill them immediately. Up. Yeah. I mean, they got shoes of concrete. Yeah. I just, man, I really, I hate seeing that still. Mm-hmm. And you brought in a character named Heath, who I'm already liking so far. Yes. I like his bounce off, you know, because he's not, he's not a hero, like he's, but he's not a coward. He's just smart, you know? So I don't want to see a character like that that you've brought in that I already like, who has been out on a scouting mission for a couple of weeks, pulling in supplies. I don't want to see him lead-footed. Right. Um, do you feel like he accepted the new group and everything that's happened too quickly? Because, uh, you I mean, if you think about it, if you and I were on a supply run for a few weeks, we come back, Reg has been killed by Pete. Pete has been assassinated by a member of a new group. There's rumbling going around about the new group or, you know much more volatile and they're led by a guy who used to wave a gun around and had to be put down by an own person and a lot of internal conflict and over this two times and the place has just been in a complete eruption. Do you just immediately go, okay, I help. Well, I think they helped out with having Eugene meet him at the gate and say, you need to talk to Deanna. So it still shows that there's a hierarchy of authority. Right. Well, just the fact that Deanna is backing Rick. She's yeah, going okay. to feed him the information that supports Rick's decisions. You know, so he's going into it, I think, after speaking with Deanna, with the understanding that Rick is here to help. Yes, he's more volatile, but that's because they're out there and they're survivors. We're okay. not. I'll go with that. Um, now, there was a little, there was a spot in here I really, really liked because I had a hard time with this. I mean, we talked about Nicholas. And whether or not he should even be the group, if he should be exiled, should he be dead? I mean, if he shot me, he's dead. But, I mean, I guess Glenn's the moral compass like we talked about. How about the idea of keeping the secret, though? You know, if Glenn is forgiven and Maggie's okay with it and the whole nine yards, would the group not be? Could you not sway the group as well? And so he knows where he stands? Or is keeping the secret more dangerous in the long run? In a way, I think it's safer to keep the secret because Rick has made it clear. I don't take any more chances. And so if you, if Rick, if you became a loose cannon once, you're always a loose cannon. you got to go. If Rick found out that this guy lured Glenn into the woods and shot him and tried to kill him, Rick would have put him down. I think once he found out, he would either banish him or just put him down. Okay. Right? Well, if you think about this, two, two things. First of all, I love the speech Maggie gave Tara about, you know, you were on the other side of the fence one time on the worst day of my life, and now you're one of the most important people in my life. Right. You know, and so Glenn's the same way. And I really, I give kudos to the writers. That right there immediately set the tone of who it was and why, and I was immediately okay with the decision as soon as I heard that. It was just a really good callback. Yes, it was a great situation. Th- that those are the things I love. It's just like when Morgan was talking about, I know you, Rick. Now, I know you. You live here. You know, all that kind of stuff. Those things. It goes back to what the episode was about and what the foundation of the show is, and it just made it that much more pleasurable. But, you know, you, you just like you said a second ago, Rick would have killed the guy if he found out. 
how about my man, the new character Carter, which is Ethan Embry. You know, the member scene where, which, of course, they promoted it over and over again. You know, do you realize who you're talking to with a gun to his head as he walks in and disarms him from in front of Eugene? You know, he was going to kill Rick in, in that same same style you're saying like that. He should have greased him, you know, right. but he didn't. So do you think he would have given Nicholas another chance? Now, I think he'd treat Nicholas just like he treats Gabriel. No, you're you know you're here, but you're an oxygen thief. Yeah. <sighs> I'm just. I'm I think Carter. I don't know. I think the Carter situation was with the group of people. Some are on the fence. Carter was trying to, you know, he's trying to sway him, sway him to his side. And then you had Morgan and Michonne with you, and in front of Eugene. I don't think it. I don't think the value was there for him to just put him down. Okay, I'll give you that. You know, I'll but with that. Nicholas, Glenn's hiding the fact that he has a bullet in him, you know. Well, he says he took a ricochet. Yeah, he had a little story with it. We were killing a walker, ricochet got me in the shoulder. Right, so I think if Rick saw that and a shot was fired. An actual attempt on life. Right, and it, and to be honest with you, it would have been where he had just killed Pete, you know. He would have still been in that mindset. You know, because Morgan's, I think, softening him a little bit, you know, as days go by. I think with Nicholas, if Glenn would sort of came out with it and be like, he tried to kill me, they'd have taken him down. Yeah, even exiled or killed, one but or I other, do, which is the same thing. But I do like the fact that Glenn gave Maggie the choice to tell the group, and then Maggie gave Tara the choice to tell the group. Everybody was, you know, Glenn's like, I want to keep this a secret. I think I can turn this guy around. Right, but I understand if you want to tell the group, and then Maggie did the same thing with Tara. I thought that was really well done. Do you think Tara continues the chain? Do you think it eventually gets out? Yes, I think so. I think it absolutely does, and I think it probably happens at a critical point of Nicholas's, um, you know, on screen or in his life in the show, that where either he's established himself as somebody great or done something noble or something of that nature and then it becomes public somehow you know like somebody just says oh great job that's way better than when he tried to kill glenn oops you know i don't think we're gonna get that i do think matter of fact i think it'll be the opposite i think nicholas is gonna end up sacrificing himself to save tara or something like that i'm thinking it's gonna be Tara, a noble ending right i think I don't think he's a big enough character to keep around, you know, for the core group. But he he's had enough screen time now that for him to have this character arc and then end on a good note with a nice sacrifice. I see that being a nice wrap up for his character. Yeah. Okay. I'll give you that. Um one of the last <laughs> going back to Carter, Ethan Embry's character. Um which Believe it or not, I really enjoyed Ethan Embry as this guy. It's hard to say you liked a character because he was a D-bag and always argued the points and all like that, but his act, his acting in the show was great to me. I mean, to be honest with you, like the whole scene where he was, they were at the wall and Rick's like, they're here, get ready, get your shovels out, da, 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 don't use a gun, you know, and it was a test, you know what I mean? 
his facial expression and the fear he was holding and, you know, the trembling and about ready to grab a gun and holding yards. Kudos. The guy knows what he's doing. He, he, he's, I think he did a fantastic job acting. I mean, even the parts where, you know, he got disarmed by Rick and he's got the gun to his head and he's, you know, shaking like a leaf and he's. It was just me. Just yeah, kill me. Yeah, exactly. All those little spots. I was, I mean, I, I, I hate that he's gone. As much as a D-bag as he was, I really hate that he's not there. It's a character I would have liked to see get turned around and become somebody to the show, you know. Because um, it's happened before. You get people who started out rough and didn't like and so on, and then they become integral to the group in some form or facet. And to see him killed in the first episode completely stunned me. I thought he was for sure a six seven episodes or even long-term character for the show no i think the first episode needed some kind of maybe not major death but big death so you know you bring him in for a big integral part of the episode and then let him die at the end it was it was almost hook line sinker when he shakes his hand and goes rick you were right i'll go up to the front <laughs> and yeah, I, was like, like, I was like, um, goodbye. This is not Bye-bye good. Now. And then it wasn't five <laughs> seconds later, he's gotten his cheek chewed off. I was like, ah. yeah, man, that's just so pitiful. Just so pitiful. Just and not he has the a, way you go out. Come on. And he has I, a shotgun in his hand. <laughs> I know. Did you, did you get the, ever get the vibe that Rick was going to pull the knife to cut off part of his cheek to try to save him or anything? No. I just, no, I saw what was coming because he just wouldn't shut up. Oh, I, I knew, knew, I was knew he was going to kill him when he wouldn't shut up. But I was like, he's like, shh. You know, and he had the blade out. And I was like, mm, please tell me he's not going to try to cut cheek off to save his life. No. <laughs> and then when he started crying, I was like, he's dead. <laughs> and you see, Rick was, I don't know if it's a smart decision, because I think he's talking to people on his same wavelength right now. But when he picked up the thing, he said, you know, Carter's gone. He was bit right in the face. Everybody knows if you get bit, you know, waist up, you're about dead unless it's your arm and you could chop yeah, off. It, you know? Unless it's an appendage, you're touched. Right. So make that well known. There was no way I could have saved him. Yeah. He was gone. You know, and then I'll ask you this too because you get a kind of a, a spot with Morgan here where he's like, I know it has to be this way. But you could tell he's really struggling with it. Yeah, he looks like um, every time Rick does something that is morally – objectionable morgan's right behind him like looking at him like as a dad judging him you know yeah i don't yeah i mean it's like he's well, he's torn with the idea see i think morgan's issue is is that the man's been a he's been solo for years minus whoever donatello was that taught him everything um but i just don't understand i think he's really struggling with the idea of being a part of a, a big big group you know what I mean? As well as seeing somebody who was integral to who your past is before you became Looney Tunes for a little while and see this person who needed you for help one time and now you see him as a almost cold-blooded murderer or or somebody who gets some or somebody who doesn't take chances anymore, you know. Right, I think he's just I he's, he keeps saying all life is precious. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So to see not a walker go down, but a person go down, you know, I, I can imagine that's rough. But what do you think's going on with Michonne and him? They keep showing all these things. You know, oh you man, got Rick, how, 
you got Rick and him with the baby on the front porch, and Michonne just kind of creeping up, listening well, to the Michonne conversation. I think Michonne lives in the same house with Rick. He, she does. Okay. I give that. I don't know. I don't know if there's anything to it. Um, She's always creeping in the background yeah, when they're talking. I, 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 don't, then, I, I don't know. I mean, the... the the only thing I can tell you about from the whole episode is the really strange dialogue about the peanut butter protein bar. Um, that was just kind of the only thing that just kind of throws me off. Like, Michelle, I got one question for you. Did you take one of my protein bars? <laughs> you know, she's like, um, no. And okay, like, but peanut butter? I mean, really? Why was, was this in here? Was her and Carl, when they were walking down the railroad tracks, was it a peanut butter? protein bar that they had ate you remember that god i don't remember was that a candy bar or was that like a peanut butter a protein candy bar? bar i'm almost positive it was a candy bar i swear it had something to do with peanut butter though anyway i feel like they're laying the groundwork for something with morgan and michonne maybe not so. not a love interest thing but a common ground thing because michonne went through her crazy point Okay. You know, where she was basically one of the walkers. Okay. You know, remember that? Yeah, I know. And then you got Morgan who went through his clearing stage. Right. And was pulled out, you know, by finding a friend. Like Michonne found Rick, found a friend, Andrea, whatever, yeah. you know. I know somebody. So I think they're going to have some common ground, which could lead later on to a kind of a love interest type deal. But Yeah. No, I'm with you there. I'm I'm definitely with you. There was one little scene before we get to the end. There was a scene where... Carl goes up on top of this little house with his girl he likes and they touch hands. Is it Ron that's in the background that sees him? Okay. I I asked my wife. I could not tell who it was. It was literally all was lit up was a face and it was too small in the background. I couldn't tell. It's got to be Ron. I think it is because that's who we met when we first came into town. You know, went upstairs, yeah. played video games and all that type of stuff. It's got to be Ron. And I think that just adds more to it. And this is how, you know, I kind of wrap the show up is is that where does the blasted car horn come from? Or the horn come from? What's your what's your what's your thoughts on all this? I think it's the wolves. I mean, I think they they've shown too much at the end of last season that wolves nearby is gonna be a big deal. They have the pictures of the place. I think while a lot of the good killers are away, the wolves are attacking Alexandria. Okay, so your prediction is is that the wolves have used this moment as an opportunity. Yes, and that they're so they're attacking Alexandria, and they're also bringing the herd there. Yeah, even though the wolves, though you saw in the final episode of last season, even though they use three semi truck full that has nothing compared to that herd mm -hmm. i'm still surprised that anybody would want to attract that massive herd to alexandria or maybe do they know that there's the big herd coming well here's my deal on that when you use that horn it makes you think that someone who has knowledge of how zombies work and what is the motivation motivation for it well, obviously, based on what we saw preview-wise, is that they're you know they're bringing the herd to Alexandria. My my guess is is that there's some 
it could be Ron. It could be, I'm upset that I've lost my dad. I know that they're out here about to do this whole deal for this herd and so on. I can make Rick and his group look foolish and attract them here or something. But I think that's too easy. You know what I mean? I, I think there's something we just don't know is causing it. For all we know, it's, you know, some kids playing in a car or um, power goes out, an alarm goes off, you know, or something, you know. This doesn't sound like a car horn. It could possibly be an 18-wheeler horn. You know, the pull string fog horn that goes off. Right. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like a like a, a train horn or something. You know what I mean? It's like it's a loud, deep sound. Right. Not a car horn. Something bigger, you know? So with the wolves obviously having their trailers wired up with music playing and flashing, they obviously know sound attracts them. Right. Anybody that's alive at this point should know that sound should attracts them. Should know that, yes. So it could be anyone. Everybody would know at this point. So, but the fact that they've been teasing the wolves, I think the herd's going to be moving towards Alexandria. I think we're going to have some people, you know, our people, Rick's group, and the people out there trying to rush back to Alexandria. You know, I could see, you know, maybe the wolves themselves aren't even attacking it. They're just trying to draw the herd or more walkers to Alexandria. Right. And they're going to try to pick off some of our group members in the woods, you know. I mean, the, the previews for this season have really, first off, they really are a, a fake out. Because yeah. you see in Rick firing flares off next to a wall, the way they shoot the angle, you think that's Alexandria. Exactly. Wall. But really, a lot of this stuff, all these crazy things, were in this episode. You're right. And, and it was it, just them what about running. the turmoil between Morgan and Rick? You know? Yeah, that ended up being a non-factor. red herring. Yeah. You know, there's uh, Rick over Carter's head. You think you could take this community from me? Yeah. You know, you think that's going to be some major moment? It's not. No. You know, it's just they really played with you in those previews. Oh, it, it was a good setup. They they showed everything but the herd and quarry, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. But they mixed it up where your mind was thinking 40 different things. Yeah. Except for what really was going on. Right. So you got to really not trust any of the previews you've seen. One of my favorite shots, and what I'll call the end of the episode here, was the aerial shot of all the walkers like coming off the road into the woods towards Alexandria. Better CG. Yes, very impressive. It was... And that's tough to do. You have to find a spot that's rural enough that when you zoom out, you don't all of a sudden see a now, subdivision sitting somewhere. You know, the funny thing you say that is is that I paused that scene. There was a house off that road. You could barely see it. But right where the, the walkers were going east off that road or heading towards Alexandria, there was a house right there. <laughs> I, I literally I didn't like, you could just see just part of the roof and ridge line i was shocked i thought for sure they might cg a tree just so you don't see that where it was just road and woods no there was a house so the whole time you see them you know ki- you know killing carter and them running up down the woods imagine about another 60 feet behind them and there's a house yeah yeah that'd be hilarious <laughs> you know what i mean so that's the thing i mean 
I know what they were trying to do. They wanted to make it seem like there's no one else around and right. there's and nothing so, around because that wouldn't fit the plot. But the aerial shot and all those uh, um, zombies walkers was awesome. I just it was like the coup de gras of the episode. Yeah. You know? um, uh, that's why I say I just really really enjoyed. It was an hour and a half. It did not feel like an hour and a half. Did you get that too? Like I said, I thought some stuff dragged. Some of the things were kind of a slow burn. And I will say this. I'm more excited for next episode than I was this episode. Yes, I am right there. Absolutely. Now like I had, now we have chaos we're right. expecting. My expectations were just middle of the road coming into the season. But this next episode has so much potential to mm-hmm. be just absolute chaos, like you said. Exactly. Uh, so... The next one has a lot of unpredictability that makes it that much more salivating. Um, I cannot wait for next week. Um, but other than that, that's for that show. Um, let's do our uh, – what's our top walker? Who was yours? I think we have the same top walker. It has to be tractor trailer, squeeze oh. through. Oh, oh yeah. Tight fit. Tight fit walker. I mean, just gross. How about that skin from his abdomen all the way up to his chest and face? I mean, it was just really well. I like, see, there Here were some details. The fact that there, it was only wide enough to let one walker through and only let it Barely. through with some bad damage. So you saw the blood spray and then there was a just a, you know, a, a trail. Dra- yeah, a trail a of trail it. A trail of whichever one's got out. Yes. I love that. Great detail. Well done. Absolutely. Very well done. Absolutely. And so, yeah, because it would be tearing themselves apart to get through that trail. Yeah. They've, they've gone just, you know, because they, they did a lot of times where they were just literally set a camera up right in the center of the road and, and herds were just walking past them. You know, so I always pay attention to the zombies, you know, kind of trying to get an eye and see like, Oh, those are, that looks new. That looks kind of cool. That's something I've not seen before. A lot of the stuff I've seen before. But one of the things I really like was one zombie who it still had the skin on its face, but when it like moves its jaw, the lower chin and lower lip area stays put. But you see the teeth moving up and down inside of it. Mm-hmm. Almost like its skin is just a mask at this point. Yeah. So the just skull off. is yeah. moving inside. Jeez. But the skin is still there. I was like, cool. Yes. You know, yes. that's really cool. You know, another little detail a lot of people might have missed is, is that when they had the little town meeting, you know, and Rick was doing his proposal, um, he th- didn't call them walkers. He called them roamers. And he wouldn't know a walkers because that's what the new group calls them. And so it was a cool little detail that it yeah. showed, you know, because if he had said Walker, then he didn't, it wouldn't have matched because he wouldn't have known what they call him. So I thought that was another little neat little detail and so on. Um, overall, um, there was one other thing. Um, God, what was it? I, I know. I feel like I'm missing something an hour and a half one episode. One more thing. Oh, I'm losing my mind. Anyway, well, let's just go this route. Ten star scale. What do you give the episode? Uh, da, 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 da. I pro- I probably give it a seven. Seven. Um, I think they hit all the marks I'd like to see them hit, but they just kind of missed on a couple little smaller details that I would have liked to seen, you know, tightened up a bit. Get out. Seven, really? That's all you got? 
dude, what you got to save the high numbers for the stuff that really floors you. This Tarantino masterpiece we just watched. I mean, come on. Oh, let's just take the color out. Now it's a masterpiece. <laughs> yeah. Real artsy fartsy. All right, all right. Okay. Okay, we won't call it the top episode ever out of Walking Dead. We both agree on that. Okay, so um I'm skirting around an eight point four, you know, somewhere <laughs> it's around point stuff. <laughs> Ridiculous. At least Don't round it up that. to an eight and a half. Okay. All right, uh, I'll be generous. You know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I, I really enjoyed it. I was never bored, you know, which hour and a half episodes can do to you because they're trying to throw so much information at you right. and okay. get you completely caught back up. And they thought they did a really good job of that. Dialogue was really well done. You know, scenes were shot really well. Just some of the things. Concrete feet. Heads bursting on tin walls. Right. The flares. Just some of the stuff. The balloons, whatever, you know. Yeah, I think they yeah, overthought some but stuff. But there was nothing epically wrong with the episode. No, they did, they That's did not. That's one thing I can say I'm really proud of. If we did worst part of the episode, it was Heath letting a zombie touch him at the tractor place. I'll give you that. That's cool. my worst thing. I just don't want to see those people do that anymore. Mm-hmm. There's just too much. It was an open parking lot. There's too much room. Don't make those mistakes anymore. Yeah. Um, we need to say goodbye to any main characters, and we have one, and that is Carter. Yes. Uh, so I'll have a quick moment of silence. Okay. All right, bye-bye. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, Ethan Embry, appreciate what we had you. He was on The Talking Dead afterwards. Great guy. You can definitely tell. A uh, little side note, he auditioned four different times including the first pilot season and over four more seasons after to try to get parts for different characters before we finally got this one. That is a guy who loves the show and is dedicated and they rewarded him by killing him in one episode. Hey, whatever. At least he's on the show. I'll take it. Yeah. Put me on there for one episode for yeah, face chewing. No well, also, I was listening to the uh, Walker Stalker pod um, earlier today and uh, the guy, I think it's Mike or Jesse, I can't remember the name, um, I don't really listen to him, but I just thought I'd give him a shake. Uh, he got to be a walker on the show and couldn't say anything for like three months or something like that. And, you know, he got to, he got a little screen time. I was like, heck yeah. I mean, I wouldn't care if you couldn't tell who I was. I didn't have a speaking part. But that's that's awesome. That's something to put in the, the memory banks. Pretty cool sweepstakes they're running too with stay a couple nights in Alexandria with the cast and crew and stuff. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, that... I, for some reason, never send those text messages in, though. Yeah, no. I I'm afraid they're going to turn my information into somebody. I don't want to get all that spam. <laughs> uh, I know it. But uh, Just, I've heard a lot of people who do the, the the Walking Dead tour down there. You can go down there and see Rick's original house. You can go see Terminus. You can go see a bunch of different places yeah. where they shoot, and they're all pretty cool about it. So, And that's not too far away from us here. You know, about nine or ten hours. So, Yeah, you're the fanboy. You go do that. Whatever. <laughs> I'll Whatever. take my trip to Iceland or something and go see some Game of Thrones stuff. But. Whatever. Um, well, that's it for the regular show. I think we'll do just a quick preview touch. And so if anybody doesn't want to, didn't see the preview or doesn't want to talk about it, this will be the time to cut us loose. Uh, we're going to uh, head to that. Um, but, guys, we had awesome feedback this week. 
Um, I, forgot, I knew. See, that's what I forgot. That's the freaking what feedback. Uh, almost forgot. Um, we have a couple regular guys who talk to us every week, and uh, they send us some good stuff. But I think everybody had almost the exact same stuff over and over that and it was completely on point. Um, everybody really, really enjoyed the episode. Everybody really thinks, just like you said, I know like Eric and David and them, like they're salivating for episode two now even more um, than they did at the first one. And that, um, who was it uh, that told me that they were talking about how Fear of the Walking Dead wasn't phenomenal but it was great to watch but now the walking dead is on it just shows you how epic the walking dead is in comparison to fear of the walking dead would you agree with that yeah i feel like the stage is bigger yes. and the consequences seem bigger and like eric says this show has so many more characters you care about and everybody got a little bit of screen time to make you feel good about everything you know, it's like a catch up on everybody. And like I said, that hour and a half wasn't wasted. And so I know, I know Eric sent that in. We really enjoyed that. Yeah. I, I'd like to see a little more Rosita and a little more Carol, you know, just, just a few of the characters I thought got a little short shift on the, on the episode itself or as a whole, but I mean, you can't complain too much. Most of the people you wanted to see, you got to see. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, well, now we'll cut it short. I'll, I'll just keep it short on the feedback. Instead of trying to rush through a bunch of them, I should have snuck them in there earlier. Uh, but, guys, y'all can always catch us at, at bleedtvpodcast.com. At Bleed TV Podcast on Twitter, uh, Bleed TV Podcast at Gmail, um, as well as we have a Facebook uh, page and a website. So uh, catch us out any of those. Give us a shout. Let us know what you're thinking on uh, if there's something you enjoyed in the show or you want us to add to the show or just thoughts about the episodes as we were covering them. We'd love to hear from you and love to add them to the show. Uh, next time we'll sneak them, sprinkle them in as our normal way. But other than that, uh, we're going to call it for that and go to our preview section. So there'll be about a two-second pause, and then we'll go right into our previews. All right, uh, preview. Um, another reason to say I'm really looking forward to the next episode is, of course, you don't see anything to do with Rick or the group that's working on the road or anything. It shows scenes of Alexandria in chaos, um, being attacked by something. Did you see anything uh, that they were being attacked by. No, they don't show it. Even the sniper shot, you don't see anything. You, don't. you just see him looking through the scope. You see Jesse and his, their family climbing the closet, gun drawn. Um, you just see, I mean, the fact that Jesse's getting in a closet makes me feel like someone's inside the gate. Yeah, that's. There's. Um I'm right there with you. I just, I'm thinking there's more to the, this is the herd coming. This is something that is intelligent at the door coming in. You know what I mean? And I know your prediction earlier during the regular show was that the wolves were part of the horn and part of everything. Um, this makes me think that more and more now that um, we're going to have, I think we're going to have some death. I think we're going to have some epic things happen. Um, 
that were not expected and are going to be, you know, gut-wrenching and possibly lose even a main character in this next episode. Do you think any of that's feasible here? Believe it or not, I think we're going to lose a character per episode. We got enough to do it. That's the thing. I think the cast is so big right now that they could start peeling off a few characters every episode. I mean, literally, I think we could at least lose one per episode. Yeah. I don't know what, um, a 15 episode arc? There's 15 Alexandrians that I could give a flip, you know? Right. Um, You know, I, there was a part where you see the guy at the sniper tower. And yeah, he's looking around. He's seeing places going chaotic. And then right there at the end of the preview, he kind of like turns and looks at the camera like he sees something like, oh, crap. You know? Yeah. Either like something has got to him or he sees something that we're in real deep doo-doo or whatever. I don't know. Um, it was – I really feel like we're going to get some real heavy, heavy stuff on this next episode that's going to really make us go, oh, boy. Um, and everybody just basically be running for their lives. And then Rick and company come in probably midway or halfway through, you know, try to save the day. And we'll have death and loss – and this is re- the real example of people are not ready. Yeah. I'm going to be really curious to see how they're going to pull off Rick and company getting through the herd back to Alexandria unscathed. Well, I'm not so concer- concerned about that. I-, I-, I mean, even them jogging is going to beat a walk walkers to him because no, I mean I, they saw him they heard the horn the same time they did and so I don't think that'll be an issue of getting back to him before then it's what they come back to is what's going to be the issue I think as long as nobody runs through the gate that those walls will hold up for a while even with their stupidly placed opposite side pylons <laughs> support pylons yeah the cold rolled steel just so dumb yeah well there's probably an engineer out there saying it's just as affordable as the other but i just it just doesn't doesn't look like it to me no i don't agree but anyway (laughs) um i refuse during the talking dead they gave you a two minute clip from the episode and the two minute clip shows a girl i don't recognize the girl though okay it's not carl's little love interest i don't think so i don't I'm not, that's why I say it. I might be completely wrong by that, but no, this seemed like a girl, maybe just a tad older. Maybe not. Maybe it was her. I don't know. I, I never focused on her. I just saw her walk up. You see a walker that's laying outside of a car. His feet are still in the, you know, the floorboard area, but he's on the ground. The door's open. She walks up. It turns its head over, you know, and then all of a sudden it, it, the next scene, you see that same walker, but he's been, he's different. His, he's either missing a code or his clothes are different a little bit. Uh, he's not in the car anymore. The door's sl- closed, and he looks like he's completely dead outside of it. There is just something different. And the girl is in the car, and the window's got all that haze on it, and she writes the three letters with her finger into the dirty window, J-S-S, and, and then it goes away. And Scott Gimple confirmed as an acronym but an acronym for what is the question? And Twitter blew up. Like, what is JSS? What is this? 
Um, you know, I thought about it all night. I grabbed a few comic books and I couldn't think of anything that was JSS. And, you know, when I think of a three, three, you know, letters, I think of initials of a name. I think of different like that. And I think you had a great, great theory that might be it, but I just think it's too early for that theory. You know, tell us what, tell us what you told me earlier. Well, I just thought it might be Jesus. Um, a character from the comics that I think is supposed to show up this season. He may not be supposed to show up till late in the season. I don't know, but I mean, obviously you take the E and the U out. That's Jesus, you know, or if it's initials like Jesus, something Sanchez, whatever, you know what I mean? I don't know. I, I have no clue. Yeah. I'm, I just I couldn't think of anything. I mean, I really, really couldn't. Um, what what's going on there? And for all you know, it's JSS, and there's more to it. You know, you know they they just cut it off right there, and there's actually more. You know, I I just I don't know. Very easily could be. <laughs> you know, um, but it's just another clip to make you scratch your head and just salivate more for what's coming down the road. Yeah. But uh, my prediction for the future for this next episode is is that whatever is at the gate or whatever is attacking them is going to cause mass chaos. Um, I think we're going to have a character or two or multiple people that are not really key characters die, um, and it's going to be an example. And Rickling Company will have to come in and do some things, but it will show that the group is not ready. And that the place is not ready. And then they have to deal with the, holy crap, the horde or the herd is coming at them. Uh, and I think that's even episode three, maybe. And so this this has the potential of the first three episodes of being just nonstop mass walker invasion plus whatever is attacking him now. Absolutely. Is my thoughts on the first. Yeah, I think this is going to have a lot to do with the fact that Rick is convinced or is trying to convince Deanna that everybody inside has to be armed and if that hasn't happened yet and things are getting inside and everybody's not armed there's gonna be some real problems yeah I think you're I think you're exactly right uh, somebody else key will die or a lot of people will die and it'll be a wake-up call yeah I think so well bro I said we cut it right there man yeah, let's call great it. episode um guys Really appreciate y'all. If you got a minute to, you know, write us some feedback or hit us up with a positive review, we'd greatly appreciate it. Again, we're at Bleed TV Podcast. Hit us up anytime with anything, and uh, we're looking forward to next week. But if not, that's it. And uh, this is Bleed TV, and I'm Zach. And I'm Jake. We'll see y'all next week.